We're so excited to bring this episode to you from the Writing Heights Writers Conference 2023. We've stolen away some of our excellent presenters from classes, intensives, and maybe even the restaurant. We're looking forward to sharing their knowledge with you. Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Hi, everyone. We're excited to have Holly Day with us here today. Welcome, Holly. Hello. Thanks for having me. We are going to be talking about organization and motivation. Um, But first, Holly, why don't you tell us a bit about you? How did you come to be where you are? Um, Okay, so... I have been writing professionally for 35 years now. I started when I was 16 and started writing for punk rock magazines and stuff, and uh, different poetry magazines. And a lot back then, a lot of the punk rock magazines also published poetry, so there was a lot of crossover. And I just kind of kept doing it, and um, pretty much everything I know about writing has been entirely self-taught. So I, I love teaching these classes that I'm teaching at the, the convention just because it gives me a chance to tell people all of the cool things that I've learned a lot of the way and all the things that they should avoid. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. nice to be able to share that. So I've, I have uh, over 7,000 pieces published in magazines and uh, very prolific. <laughs> been published, or I have uh, Music Theory for Dummies is one of my books and Music Composition for Dummies. And then I also co-wrote a Guitar All-in-One for Dummies. And I've worked as a technical writer, a music journalist, a newspaper writer, um, marketer, all just every single venue you can think of, and lots of poetry and fiction. That's super so, cool. Yeah. That's a nice variety of things. Well, you seem to be very well placed to talk with us today about motivation. organization <laughs> motivation. Definitely. Yeah. Keeping track of that has got to be... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we sort of style it as organization motivation for freelancers, but really... Anyone who's writing, like whether you're doing it full time or, or as a as a hobby, if you want to be consistently writing, you need these tools. So, I think this is very relevant to to all of our listeners. Hopefully, um, so I thought we could start maybe with talking about time management stuff and why is it important? Why is time management important? Well, okay. So I always advocate trying to create like an official schedule for yourself as a writer, and the reason for that is because you're starting to train yourself to work that way when you've decided that you're telling yourself every night I'm going to write 15 minutes or 10 minutes or once a week you have a time. You're, you're basically just training your body, just like exercise. So time management is important in that way. I would also say um, finding out what kind of writer you are works really well for time management too in that I'm not a morning person at all. My brain does not click on <laughs> until about 6 o'clock at night. So all of the stuff I do in the morning is stuff I don't need my brain for. So that's market research, uh, submitting things to magazines, coming up with ideas for possible book proposals, writing book proposals, all of the things that is not fun about being a writer. Because the writing part is glorious and fun and everyone loves it, but everything else has to prop your writing up. I mean, otherwise you're... You're just going to be somebody who's sitting in their living room writing and writing and writing and filling pages, and that's fine. But if you want to be a professional writer, you have to do all this other stuff, too. 
So, so finding out what kind of writer you are, whether you're a morning person or an evening person, if you have that option of being a morning person or an evening person, and just how to get your brain to start functioning and that this is the time of day that I do this, and this is the time of day that I do this. So that's, that's, um, that is the importance of time management. Well, and I think, too, it's good to know as well if you are a burst writer or if you're a, uh, I don't remember what the other term is for the opposite of that. If you're very, like, like consistent. Marathon? I don't know. Like, if you're, if you're a very consistent writer, like, you sit down and you can type out a thousand words a day every day until the end of time versus someone who is like, okay, I need just, like, three weeks. I'm going to write 50 to a hundred thousand words in these three weeks and then I'm not going to write again for a couple months because then you can schedule that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always call them hot and cold writers too. It's like a hot writer is someone who can sit down and they can immediately just stuff comes right out of their head and then it starts tapering off and then it's not so great. And the great thing about being that kind of writer is you know where your edits come in because you can, you can <laughs> say the last thousand words that I wrote last night are going to be terrible. So just prepare to cut it. As opposed to a cold writer, you sit down and your brain is, it's like you can make yourself write, but it's not going to be that great. But then you warm up and you become this, you, like, this stuff starts coming out and it's just fantastic. So, you know, you can go back to the beginning of where you wrote and say, okay, I'm going to cut the first thousand words or the first 500. So knowing what kind of writer in that way really helps with, with self-editing too. And everyone hates to throw their things away, but you have to do <laughs> well, it. Well, <laughs> you can always, I always say, put it in this, put it to the side, put it in yes. a different folder. Don't, don't delete anything. I mean, I'm a bit of a hoarder, but like, don't delete anything for good ever. <laughs> Just take it out of there and put it somewhere else. I mean, you can delete, you know, Thank goodness for commas computers. that don't belong, but you know, yeah. We've, we've had a couple unofficial tab contests and Bonnie always wins because she likes to keep <laughs> oh, everything. Oh, I have a billion tabs. Yeah, you mean on my browser? Yes. I was like, what's a tab contest? Yes. yes. No, I do win that one. I think it was at the last the conference last year where I was like, I have five windows open, each with more than 20 tabs. I, I think you had closed some too and said something yeah, like yeah. you had 90 tabs. So it's okay to hold on to things. You just have to organize what you hold on to. Yeah, there you go. And we're talking about organization. I did want to talk, because um, you mentioned having a schedule, and I feel like that was that's a thing that's really hard for me but like works well for my personality type and like and also for me I'm the kind of person I need outside deadlines so like the only time really that I write creatively is during NaNoWriMo because there's a kind of an outside deadline um but like working as an editor freelance I um scheduling is really important and one interesting thing is like I've gotten so much better at that since I have a toddler now and because I can only work really when he is asleep. And so I'm like, okay, every day from two to four, that's when I'm getting, getting editing stuff done. You know, sometimes I can do emails or whatever while he's playing, but, um, and that has made me a lot more time efficient. And so, so there's my answer to you. All of you have children. Just kidding. That's the great thing about (laughs) it though. If you get used to writing and working that hard, When you have a kid around, when your kid gets That's older, you're point. just you're going to be amazed at all the stuff you can do. Because I have two kids. I mean, I have one. My son's 28. And my daughter is uh, just turned, or she's going to be 20 soon. So, so now it's easy for me to be super prolific. But when my kids were little, it's like you're cr- carving out little times here and there. I used to do um, my journalist interviews locked in the bathroom with my feet <laughs> pressed against the door, nice. with a kid banging on the other side <laughs> and hoping that the tape recorder wasn't picking it up. Right. So, yeah, no, if you learn to, because like, I hear so many people saying that they're going to, they just put off writing because they have kids. It's like, you got to keep going yeah. because once you get into the habit, it'll get easier and easier when they get bigger. And they learn to respect your space too, which is also really important. 
Well, and I feel like writing is one of those skills that kind of is along the lines of use it or lose it. Like you don't, you never truly lose it. It's always there for you. So it's not like it's going, you're like going to wake up one day and forgotten how to write. But I, as someone who took a break from writing for quite a while, like I am definitely rusty and I am definitely not where I was. I think I can get back to that fairly quickly, but it's definitely going to be much like you likened it to exercise earlier. It's like exercise. Okay. Your body remembers being muscly and you remember how to get into your routine and have the protein and all the things. I'm sure someone is cringing very hard out there <laughs> as they're listening to me, but, um, but your body remembers and will eventually like get back into it and be like, Oh yeah, that's right. Even if you've, you know, been gone for years. So, yeah. Um, I have, I have periods where I, I consciously make myself self stop, stop writing because I'm starting to write things I don't like. So what I do during those time periods is I binge read and I take notes while I'm reading and saying, okay, I'm analyzing this book. What do I like about this book? And I'll take all these notes and everything. Because then I can pretend I'm still writing. (laughs) And then I go back to it. And it's like, I do feel like I'm a better writer when I come back after like maybe three, four weeks of not getting any writing done because I've spent that time reading and analyzing. Well, and you're refilling the well. Yes, exactly. Well, you just made me think of... um, something else I want to bring up and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before but one thing that I like is shut up and write which is where you come together in a group and you all shut up and write for an hour and then you can talk you know how it went or not and I host one once a week and I always tell people like I don't really care what you like I don't care if you, if you need to clean your desk so that you can write later today that's cool like I don't care what you're doing in this one hour just but just having the hour set aside to be doing something that will progress you on writing like there is a line you don't want to be cleaning your desk forever and never <laughs> actually writing but well and I think that leads us nicely into like we've talked about a couple of things um that are useful for keeping us motivated and organized but how about like an easy list like what are what are your favorite tools to keep motivated and organized whiteboards whiteboards oh i love whiteboards there's so many whiteboards like to-do lists on there yes i have a daily list on my white on one whiteboard and then i have weekly goals and then i have monthly goals and then i have an annual goal of all of the things and they're all in different like we have a really small basement i mean it's not small it's like the ceiling is five foot seven and Every one of my house is too tall. My husband's like six four, so he can't come down nice. there, and and my kids are too big to be comfortable down there. No, too. So, so the whole basement is my office. So every room has a different whiteboard with motivational things in it, like my goals and that sort of thing. So I love whiteboards. That's awesome. <laughs> Dry erase markers, whiteboards. They're they're great. Yeah, and the thing is, is like every time I achieve a daily goal, like I mark it off, and it, it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. And when you're when you're like. Uh, a self-employed or freelance yeah you the need only that. <laughs> yeah the only the only motivation or notification that you've done anything is something like that or a check in the mail and that's it so anything you can do to remind yourself that you're doing stuff uh hitting your daily word count or or your time limit or whatever it is um all of those things are, are important to remind yourself that you've done them at the end of the night. So so when you finish up the evening, you don't feel like you just sat at your computer and you don't remember what you did. You can right. look at the board and you can say, I did all these things today. Yeah. Another similar one that I have talked about before, but I really like Habitica, which lets you turn your to-do list into a role-playing game. So if you like collecting tiny little pets, oh, wow. that's uh, <laughs> that's my jam. So they're completely, right, not useless at all, but I'm like, I need all of them. So anyway, and as I do to do, I can earn the little pets. So that's another tool. 
Well, and I know in a previous episode we were talking about like the wind jar. Oh yeah. And so I know you can you can write I accomplished this today and put it in the wind jar, or you can. Uh, I'm currently experimenting with paying myself. Mm. So not a lot, but just like, you know, a couple bucks here and there. Like, okay, I did this. Here's a couple dollars like to try and be like, you know, I did it. Reward because I do think that's an important thing if you are making money, like even just like selling a short story here and there. But like instead of just saying, yeah, I got this check, like paying yourself out of it. Like there is something out in there, like mentally of like, look, I accomplished this thing. It's not just that the money came in, but I am paying myself for having done this work. Oh, yeah. I always call my poet. Any money I get for poetry is my pizza and cat food money. Because <laughs> when I was back in college and and struggling and I had my three cats, uh, whenever I get a poetry check, that money would go to buying fancy cat food for my cats and a pizza for me. That's awesome. <laughs> I like it. So even now, it's like you, you got to give yourself something because there's not that much money in stuff like poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Rewards are good. It can, it can, and it can also be rightly, like, yeah, if you're not making money on writing, but you want, you can reward yourself with chocolate if you finish the whatever or whatever you know i get to go on a walk with my dog or i don't know whatever it is that i know inspires you there were there were some gals that i went to school with who were very motivated by colorful paper clips <laughs> colorful staples she was very happy to be able to like she completed her homework assignment and she got to staple it with like nice. a neon green staple find what makes you happy tie them together yeah Stickers are always great. Who doesn't love stickers? Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. Learning that again with my toddler. (laughs) Oh, you don't like doing this thing? Well, if we do it, then we get a sticker. And then he's like, oh, we didn't do this thing yet. Okay, so that was some tools. Do we have any, like, mind hacks or mindset tricks? I know there's one that I've heard of of, like, light a scented candle every time you're going to write. And and only use that candle when you're writing. And then eventually your brain will, like, associate it. Well, I have to be writing if this candle is burning. Um, Things like that. Um, I have a beer. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I write in the evening, so it's yeah. not like I wake up first thing in the morning and crack one open and I'm there, there, drinking all day. <laughs> there is such a thing as breakfast beer. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, no, I, I think sitting at my desk and having a beer on hand and uh, that's, it's part of the mindset. It's a routine. Mm. So that works. Yeah. Creating, <laughs> creating, I think we... I don't remember if we've talked about creating rituals, but yeah, we have a coworker who adjusts her chair every time <laughs> she gets in, um, even though it's her office chair. No and one has no touched one it. Ever sits in it. <laughs> she has to readjust it every time she comes in. Uh, sounds I've heard mm, yeah. uh, tips and tips and tricks about like creating like a song, or not a song, like playing a song, just like the candle, and yeah. that song is there to kind of help you. Yeah, I always put on music. It's not the same stuff every time, but I do put on music because I like to have it in the background. Plus, it blocks everything else out. So, music and a beer. I have found headphones kind of helps. Like, I'm not sure what it is about the actual pressure. Like, I don't actually having headphones on. Actually having like over the ear, over goodness, <laughs> over the ear headphones on can help like it's something about the pressure on my skull like helps Hmm. me focus and nothing has to be playing half the time I look up and I'm like oh I haven't pressed play on anything (laughs) so (laughs) nice so I think we have time if this is an interesting question for you guys but um this question of how does mental health intersect with organization and motivation huge yeah (laughs) yeah huge you you know I'm a 
incredibly disorganized person in the real world. Like, I don't ask me about what my house looks like. My husband will be happy to tell you. <laughs> and provide like photographic evidence. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I can't look at a messy room and think it's messy, you know? I just don't see it. But when it comes to, like, when I'm sitting down to do stuff, I know that how important it is to be organized to, to write. It's like, if I don't have my over 4,000 index cards with market information on them sitting in front of me that, that I've done research on over the last few weeks, then I know I'm not going to know where to send my stuff. So, so I have like the process. Like, like I said, I start my morning off, I do market research, and then it's like, okay, so here's another 50 places that are looking for submissions. And then I file them alphabetically away on my, my incredibly anal retentive file <laughs> cabinet. And then after an hour of doing market research, I go and I sit at my desk and then I submit for an exact hour straight. And then I sit and I'll come up with like ideas for books or book proposals or any any potential projects I'm thinking of for a good no another hour. And then I also have a side index or side business doing book indexing. So I'll sit and I'll do book indexing for three or four hours. And then after that, it's usually around six o'clock or something. And, and then it's like, I'm all of the organization is out of my system and I can sit and just concentrate on the beautiful stuff of writing. So, so I think if I just had to, if I didn't have all the organizational stuff and I was trying to be just a writer and not focus on, on all of the things that prop up writing, I'd be a disaster. You know, I think I would just flail around and I wouldn't know what I'm supposed to do. But I understand that about myself, how disorganized I am. So I have to organize myself to this rigid point at some point of the day and then I can let myself go. So I don't know if that means something's wrong with my brain or not. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has to be wrong. It could just be how, you, how it works. But well, Like we were saying, knowing yourself. Knowing yourself, definitely. But specifically with mental health, I have found that if there is a period of depression or a period of deep anxiety, like there's, there is no creativity, like survival mode kicks in and it's, yeah, it's all I can do to make sure my house is at least livable, even if not clean. <laughs> um, and to make sure that I'm still at least accomplishing the basics of life. Um, to get to there and I'm still working on finding a solution for that other than just okay I guess it's break time and taking a break and taking care of everything that is contributing to that mindset so that way I can clear it up and then have more room for creativity mm. um, I know some people that creativity helps them with that but I know my creative side just shuts down if I hit any of those kind of yeah. seasons well, and, and I think it can go the other way too, where like, so like when I was first starting my business and did not have a lot of work to do, like it was very easy to fall into sort of depressive states of not really getting much done. And, and, but once I started building in the schedule and stuff that helped me, it helped me get stuff done, but also helped me just feel better about myself. And like, maybe I hadn't made a lot of money. Maybe I wasn't actively editing, but I was trying to market and, but it could, it was, it was it, sometimes hard to fight fight out of the downward spiral of well there's I'm not getting any work and I don't want to do anything and so I'm not getting in work even more and um finding ways to get out of that yeah that, that's the hardest thing I think about freelancing is most people don't realize like how fundamentally satisfying that a, a regular job is yeah. you know you don't really think about it but you get your paycheck every two weeks mm -hmm. you go in for eight hours a day and then you go home and your job is done when you're freelancing it's like you're constantly thinking about what am I going to work on next? And if you 
have projects, then it's like, how am I going to do all of these mm -hmm. projects? And how are you going to balance everything? Or what do you do when you have nothing in front of you? So it's like, and and then you've got to wait 30 days for checks to show up from clients. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's like, okay, can I make it to this next 30 days? Yeah, I legitimately don't understand. I know there's lots of people who are like, I really want to own my own business. I like, I own my own business like out of necessity because you can't, unless you live in New York, you can't really be an editor and not the way this world is. I have to freelance and man, I would much rather go in and punch a clock and get a paycheck and have someone else tell me what to do. Like, yes. I love people telling me what to do. Yes. <laughs> Let's, there's, there's a joke about that. Like, I wanted to work more, so I quit my job and started my own business yeah. or something. <laughs> so. Yes. But, but on the other hand, I got to stay home with both of my kids the whole right. time they were growing up, yeah. which was That's just fantastic. Why I did it. So yeah, I, I started freelancing when my son was six months old, and that's what I've done ever since. So I got to be the at-home parent I wanted to be, and all of that stuff. And of course, with my luck, it was as soon as I had my son, that's when I started having more work than I could. So now I have to learn how to say <laughs> no and turn things down, which is, like, I would have loved to have this problem three years ago, guys. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, question for our listeners. What are your best organizational tips and tricks, especially when it comes to freelance? Yes. Because that's a lot of information to juggle. We can always use more help, more tips and tricks. Yes, always. Stay sharp, my friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Writing Forge, a Writing Heights podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge, check out our social links in the episode description. Subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. For more informational writing content, be sure to become a Writing Heights member.